welcome to You Are The Magic. I'm Alexis Jane, founder and CEO. I help my clients build bulletproof confidence to build the life of their dreams by creating boss babe mindset and strategies that actually work. I believe you are the creator of your own destiny with courage, determination, and deep desire to change your world. Anything is possible. Welcome to the podcast. Welcome back to You Are The Magic. Today, I have the beautiful Andrea Johnson, who is the creator of Intentional Optimism. And her story is phenomenal that has gotten her to where she is right now. And I can't wait to explore all of the things on your journey. So welcome. Thank you. I'm so glad to be here. You're very welcome. So what is your magical story that's gotten you to where you are today with all of the things and your beautiful story? With all of the things, well, to start from the very beginning, I'm I'm a missionary kid. I grew up overseas um, from the United States. I grew up in Seoul, Korea, which gives you a really unique view of the world. And of course, I didn't appreciate it as a child, but <laughs> I've come to understand how blessed I was. And I've come to understand too, that it really changed and um, colored the way that I would view things moving forward. And I did everything that I was supposed to do. I went to college. I got a job. I did that, you know, the things. And I am from a, in the United States, a Southern kind of evangelical background. And so women are supposed to be quiet and demure and, you know, pretty and, you know, <laughs> all those things. And I'm kind of not any, well, you just said I was pretty, so I'm going to go with that. But other than the that, I'm not quiet. I'm not demure. I am by definition a leader. And I finally, after 20 years in the university medical setting, um, working on the university side of two Atlantic Ivy League schools, I realized that I was tired of managing people. And I wanted to coach and help people. And the things that got me there were things like infertility and uh, a private adoption of my now 12 and a half year old amazing son and struggling all my life with weight and excessive weight and morbid obesity. And in 2005, I decided to have gastric bypass surgery, which is the best tool that I have ever had for my weight loss journey. And it's one of the best decisions I've ever made in my life. And my mother was another not really quiet or demure lady. And <laughs> she, <laughs> but she had the rest of the world fooled, right? She was, she's one of those Southern ladies that just kind of had everybody wrapped around her little finger. And she, we lost her in 2017 to breast cancer. And that was really what kind of tipped the scales for me to say, I know there's more than what I'm doing. And so that's what started me on the real journey of becoming a coach. And I am a John Maxwell team certified speaker, trainer, and coach. And so that's leadership and women's empowerment. And so now I work towards helping other women launch their dreams, launch their personal growth journeys, which is, we were chatting earlier about that's where you have to start. And I just, I enjoy it. I have a podcast. I, I love encouraging others and yet at the same time, challenging you. And like we were joking, I am, I am a coach, but I am not your traditional 
life coach where I hold the space and I can listen and I can do that. It wears me out. I am an in-your-face kind of coach. Think like track or football or soccer or rugby. <laughs> I mean, I am, I am a coach who says, yeah, but what if and what about? And so I like to challenge people to grow and I do that to myself in the mirror, even when on days when I think, oh, I know, what am I doing? So that's kind of <laughs> where I am today, how I got here, some of the major milestones in my story. I love that. And I love that you said that you're in your face coach. I am an in your face coach, but I also can hold space for people and I love both of it. But I had an internal battle with myself of, am I in your face or am I not? And it's not really until now that you've actually said you're in your face coach. I'm like, oh, well, that's really hit home. I really like that. (laughs) Well, and that happened for me as well. I am also a big picture visionary person, but I really sweat the details. And it wasn't until a client said, yeah, I see the big picture and I sweat the details and I love it. It wasn't until she said that to me, because, you know, as a coach, we know a lot of times when things are mirrored back to us, we understand them and we see them more clearly. And when she said that, it was like a light went on for me. And I said, oh, I don't need to fight with myself. Exactly what you said. I thought I don't need to condemn myself for not always being able to stay in the details and always thinking towards the big picture. I need to say, oh, I can do both. And so now I use that in my coaching as a little bit of a superpower to help others who don't have that ability to see the big picture or long-term and say, all right, here's the big picture. Don't forget you know, don't get lost in the details. Um, so I, I'm, I'm glad I was able to trigger that for you. In a good way. <laughs> well, I was uh, actually yesterday I was in a, um, in a training and I was talking about having the big picture and then me helping them with the navigation. So, you know, where you're going. So this is the big picture. And when we get lost in the, in the detail of the left and the right and the turning and the ups and the downs and the hills and the speed bumps, right. We can't see a clear vision to our big goal. So working with someone like yourself or myself, holding that big vision for the person that really can't see it sometimes when it's a bit cloudy and there's a big bit of fog and mist around and yep. <laughs> move it out of the way and remember right. that that's the big, that's where we're heading. Yes. Absolutely. And I mentioned to you that um, my membership program is called Launch from the Beach because everything that I do in intentional optimism, I use a sailing motif. And I grew up, uh, like I said, in, did I say, in Seoul, Korea. And we would spend the summers at a beach on the West Coast, about halfway down the Southern Peninsula. Um, And we spent all summer there. And I grew up sailing. And let me tell you, even a little tiny sailboat, like a 13-footer, If you don't have somebody else helping you get that thing into the water, it's just going to sit there on the beach. And so (laughs) what I liked it, so I use that as a model and as a metaphor to show people this is intentional optimism. This is the journey that you want to take. Maybe it's you're starting a personal growth plan. Maybe you are um, a wannabe entrepreneur and you have a side hustle. Maybe you want to start a nonprofit. Either way, the boat is intentional optimism, but we need a community around us that's going to help us get that boat into the water. Because once you get it in the water, it does what it's supposed to do. It floats, it sails, it does all these things. And um, part of talking about holding that vision, so maybe I am a little bit of a hold the space coach now that you've said it that way, is helping people hold the lantern out in the fog and that kind of thing. So um, really good. 
Yeah, love it, love it. I want to come back to the gastric bypass and the 200 pounds that you released and let go of and what were the mindset shifts that were occurring as your body was shifting and changing into what you are currently today? Well, I'm actually not quite at 200 pounds down, but <laughs> I'm almost there. And um, I will say I'm not quite five feet, two inches tall. So I'm a small person. <laughs> I'm small, but mighty. And, um, <laughs> and, and, and I was told the other day that I'm spunky and I'm going with that. Um, but I, I will tell you that there are days even now 16 years later that I walk past a mirror past a mirror and I don't recognize myself. There are days this week when I have to remind myself that um, if I if I release all of it down to the 200 pound loss mark, it's okay. So what that is, then we can't stop it. But once we know what that is, then we can. So I'm a very strong advocate of counseling for gastric bypass and working with nutritionists. Um, I've walked with several friends through the process. I have another one that I'm working with um, just on a personal level. I just, that's not, I do not consider myself a weight loss coach at all, but the mindset is um, you have to be willing to change the mental models that you have, the mindset models that you have in order to be able to do that. Otherwise, you're going to be the statistic that eats your way right back into it. And um, so it's it's a lot and it's, it's ongoing. It's 16 years later and it's just a tool in my tool belt and it's a really good one. Yeah. And the reason I brought it up was because one of my clients has just actually had this process, mm-hmm. this um, surgery done and... I'm finding it interesting to watch her go through her process and with the nutritionists and the dietitians and the doctors and all of that, plus doing the mindset stuff on the back end. And I feel my background is personal training, nutrition ah. and all of the things. So I love, like I'm a fi- I am get up at 4.20 every day. I'm at the gym by 10 to 5. Like I'm one of those oh, crazy good gym for people. You. Yeah. <laughs> I love great. it. And when I'm not doing it, I know that I feel different within myself and so it's like it's the opposite end because I've always been so fit. At one point I started to put on a little bit of weight and I looked at myself in the room like I don't recognise who you are. Mm-hmm. And it's this identity that we've created for ourselves and really working on that mindset to remember who we truly deeply are on the inside and the external is our external. We are still the same person. We are still that amazing human and it's with growth in your business and money mindset and all those things too. When you look at yourself and this is not where I was heading in any of this, but it's all just starting to flow through in the identity and looking at yourself in the mirror going, who am I? Like, who am I now? And I think when you say it that way, because who, who, I would never, ever say I don't struggle with mindset issues, right? I just won't say that. As a matter of fact, I got on a, a group. I am in a coaching community with a coach and I got on a group coaching call the other day and I said, I need to talk about mindset. And they're like, oh, good. <laughs> it's like somebody else is going to do it. Um, but it's real. And I think had I not, I mean, we would love to all say, I wish that I had known then what I know now, right? But without the journey, we don't have the foundation. We don't have the stuff we've already learned to get to this place. And so the timing is always right for what we're doing, but 
the changes that we see in our bodies with something like gastric bypass, you know, within 18 months, I had lost 160 pounds, I think. And you have to work really hard to not lose that much and to not lose that quickly at the beginning because your body does that. But by the 18 month mark, you're back to your body's adapted. You eat 2000 calories a day. You're probably, unless you're exercising a lot, you're probably going to put a little bit of weight back on, or at least for somebody who's almost five foot two. And um, so those kinds of things we always have to work on and we always have to be willing to look in the mirror, not the physical mirror, but look in the, the psychological mirror and say, what is it that's causing me to do this? I still have moments when I just want to go eat cereal out of the box. And I know that's like, oh, okay, what is the anxiety that's causing me to be here? What is it all of that? So it's very real and it all transfers. It's still, it's all mindset that goes from your weight to your business building to your relationships, all of it. And it's all interconnected. And I work with three coaches. I work with a financial coach, a mindset coach, and a strategy coach. Cool. Because there's things inside of me that I know that I can't see. And I still have my little tantrums and I throw my things up in the air and stamp my venom up. I don't want to do this anymore. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) It's all too hard. But you want to do something big, it's going to be a challenge, right? (laughs) Yeah, 100%. But this is the thing that we go through. And I'm like, okay. And then my coach goes, well, I had a tantrum this morning. I'm like, am I picking up on your energy? You got my energy. Where's it coming from? Is it mine? Is it yours? (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) Love it. But being able to move through it. And that's why working. And I love how you said that you got into a group and said, I'm at any point, we have mindset stuff that's going on, whether right. it's a limiting belief that's come up from years ago that we didn't know it was still existing or something's come in and we're like, oh, we want this, but it's too big. And the the mindset, so my, mindset, body, spirit, business, it's oh, yeah. all interconnected. Right. And, you know, when people say, when I say I'm a, I don't really say I'm a life coach, um, but I kind of am, you know, and um, for me, because I mean, I'm a Christian and I'm a Sunday school teacher and a pastor's wife and all the, and I'm a missionary kid. Right. So for me, that spiritual aspect takes on that look. Um, but I don't work with only Christian women. I work with all kinds of women. And there, if you don't pay attention to all of you, then something we, you know, Zig Ziglar's wheel of life, right? It's if, if you don't have all of those pieces out to a good place, then your wheel is going to turn a little funky and uh, it's going to be, it's going to be a bumpy ride somehow. Um, But uh, anyway, so that's, yes, very, very good points. Yeah. And on your journey with the adoption with your now beautiful 12 year old son, Mm -hmm. what were the, what were the challenges or what were the beautiful things that you learned about yourself going through that process? Well, the first thing I learned was I didn't realize that I kind of thought adoption was going to be in my future, like always. I grew up around quite a few family kids in our missionary community who were adopted. And in our small denomination, um, there were, in my age group, out of the seven of us that were all graduating from high school at the same time, three of them were adopted. And no, two of them were adopted. My other best friend was also adopted. And that's a lot of adoption in a small community. And it, it seemed normal to me. So it didn't, it wasn't a very big leap for me when the fertility specialist looked across the table in his little white coat and said, you have a 13% chance of a live birth, even with IVF. 
And IVF is not a benign process for anybody who's been through um, any kind of fertility treatments. They're not benign. And I said, 13% chance, you know, I mean, I'm disappointed, sure. But at the same time, I I thought, that's easy. Adoption's a hundred percent. I mean, it was just, I didn't realize that it was that normative in my mind and it wasn't that normal for my husband. And so it took him a little bit longer, but the things I learned were, um, it was normal to me. Number one, number two, I can, I can live through some pretty hard stuff. I can live through being pregnant and losing the pregnancy. I can live through deciding to do private adoption because we thought it would be faster and we thought it would cost less money only to find out, find out it's all a long process and it all costs a lot of money, (laughs) Um, (laughs) no matter what. Um, But I also discovered that I could talk to frantic birth mothers because we had an 800 number and we had flyers out and we had a website out. We did all of our own. I screened every single call that came in. And we lost five babies. Um, you know, one of them was, I'm going to get the the ultrasound tomorrow and I'll call you when I'm done. And we didn't hear and we didn't hear for like three or four days. And the call came through. I just, I saw him and I can't leave him. I can't give him up, you know? And, and then there was another one where we were, I mean, we've paid the attorney fees and all this for them. And it was cold. And in the state of Virginia, excuse me, we were in the state of Maryland at the time. Um, Adoption law is different in all the different states in the United States. It's a state level law. And we could only pay for attorney fees and medical fees. We could not pay for housing. We could not pay for clothing or food or anything. And they were evicted and living out of their car. And the next thing we know, we got a call from the attorney saying, I've never had this happen, but they've gone to New York. They figured out because we kept telling them in this state, we can't do this. So they were smart enough to go to the public library (laughs) and figure out that in New York, they could pay for, somebody could pay for them to have a place to live. And, um, but I also, so that was devastating, right? I remember falling onto my knees and kind of moaning, crying and, Yet still, I I learned that my faith was very strong. And I also learned that in life, timing is always perfect. And literally, that was in January. Our son was actually born in December. He was born before we lost that baby. And we had a a lady in our Sunday school who kept saying, I have, I think I have a a birth mom that needs to talk to you. Can I have a a little flyer? can we just lick our wounds for a minute here? <laughs> and so finally, I just told my husband, I said, give her a birth mother letter, just get her off our backs. And um, within two days, the birth mother contacted us and said, I think I have your son. And he's upstairs right now. <laughs> it was that, and it was that fat, I know. And it was, it was, he was, he was nine weeks old. He weighed nearly 15 pounds, which for somebody like me meant immediate tendonitis in my elbows and that kind of thing. But he had been living in his car seat and for nine weeks passed around between all of her friends. She was an 18-year-old teenage girl. And she thought she could keep him and she just couldn't. And um, so it it within 48 hours of meeting him, we, we met him because in a private adoption, you have all kinds of leeway. So we met him um, at a Japanese steakhouse and then we took permanent custody of him at a Panera, which I don't know if you guys have Panera out there, but it's a wonderful sandwich shop. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, it just, um, 
I think I learned that um, life can can give us blessing in ways that we never expect and can build our courage and our resilience in ways that we would never anticipate and that we don't appreciate until we can really look back on it. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry. (laughs) See, again, like I said earlier, or I said maybe before we started recording, when we live through our lives, we don't realize how big some of them, the things that we go through are. And when we start telling our stories, we empower other people to step into them and live them with us and learn from them and maybe acknowledge their stories are just as big. And that's kind of my mission is that I want to help other women recognize that their experiences, their stories, their lives are just that big. Even if it's a woman that works for me, who's an administrative assistant and she wants to retire, but I'm like, you've raised four kids and Three of them are in college and you have all this experience. Why don't you think you can do something bigger? You know, so that's how I love to inspire people. And I hope that telling my story actually helps do that. And I love that you continue to talk because I actually couldn't talk. (laughs) I don't mind talking. (laughs) (laughs) But it's so true. And it was when we were off air before we started recording around each individual story is so powerful. Yes. And when we've lived through it, we don't realise the power that sharing our story has with expressing it and being open and vulnerable and allowing people into our space. And there's still some parts of my story that I don't feel ready to express yet, but I'm starting to really um there's some parts that I am bringing out more fully and in in doing that, the power that it's shifted in the people that are coming into my world by doing it more on a public forum opposed to doing it on one-on-one coaching calls. Mm-hmm. But I do it with my private clients because I feel safe in that space because it's just the two of us and it is what happens in a coaching, <laughs> a coaching right. space. And, yeah, each everyone's journey is different and that's why with the coaching that you do, you're able to help people on so many different levels from all of the different things that you've been through. And I just, yeah, I love that. And I'm this, <laughs> the weight loss journey, the adoption journey, there's so much to you in such a short amount of time that you've <laughs> been here. <laughs> well, thank I wanna... you. I think you might think I'm younger than I am. <laughs> no, you did tell me what your age is and uh, I do... <laughs> And I do think that you are a bit spunky as well because you, when you said that before, and I was saying if you are watching, if you're listening to the audio, Andrea has pineapples in the background and pineapples are a symbol for you. And can you express why they're so important to you and why you have them? Absolutely. Um, It has double meaning. Number one, um, I'm a beach girl and I grew up, like I said, in Korea. So we went back and forth whenever we would travel back and forth. We always stopped in Hawaii because between Korea and the United States, it's halfway and you have to stop, right? I mean, you just have to. So I grew up with pineapple being the symbol of the, Hawaii was the last America and the first America for us. Like when we would go, it was the last. So the pineapple was always the representation of home, right? Um, But it's also sweet and amazing and yummy. 
But internationally, it is the symbol of welcome. And especially in the state of Virginia, where I am, it's very well known in the town of Williamsburg. It's the pineapple is everywhere. And I want to make sure that the community that I'm building is a welcoming community. And when we stand with our arms open, and every time I do it, I get cold chills. When we stand with our arms open and we welcome people, we are opening ourselves up, right? We we are exposing our core, our, our vital organs when we stand with our arms open wide. But when our arms are open wide, we're not fighting. When our arms are open wide, we are welcoming and we are making sure that others are safe. So I want to make sure that as I build a global community of women helping women, that they feel safe, that they can come in and know that even though I'm an in-your-face coach, they're still going to be welcomed. They're still going to be to be an, in a safe harbor where other women are doing the same thing. So that's why the pineapple is so important to me. That's so beautiful. I love that so much. So where can people find you? What are all the things that you've got going on at the moment that you'd love to share with all of the listeners? Okay. Um, well, to start with, theintentionaloptimist.com. And you have to make sure you put the V in there. And you can find me, you can find anything you need there. I have links to all of my Facebook, Instagram, et cetera. And at the very top of the page uh, are all of my main offerings. You can join my Facebook group there where we weekly... I get in there and teach, and it is a community of women helping women. It is a um, a place where we safely build a an encouraging, connected community where we live the tenets of intentional optimism. You can also find there a DISC assessment button where I'm a DISC certified DISC consultant, and sometimes we need to understand our own ability to communicate and how we communicate with others. And if you know anything about DISC, it really helps understanding who we're communicating with. Um, And I also have two different core, excuse me, um, uh, membership opportunities. Uh, One is called Launch from the Beach. I'm in a pilot for that right now. And there's a coming soon. So when you click that button, it's a coming soon button. But these, this is through Marco Polo channels. I'm not sure if you're familiar with that. But Marco Polo is a specific type of video texting app. It's a great way to stay asynchronously involved with the personal touch of being on camera. And channels was developed specifically for coaches to be able to have leader developed content and we're building a community in there where we're all kind of talking to each other on a regular basis. And I also have a course in there called Discovering Your Core Values because if we don't know what our core values are, we don't have any idea of how to make the best decisions or where we need to set our boundaries or anything like that. So all of it's available on my website um, and you can also find me on LinkedIn and those are all at the bottom of the page. Amazing, amazing. And I love core values. I was talking about values earlier today. Values and DISC, I think, are such powerful tools to have and to understand more fully. So if you have never done DISC before or understand your core values, go over and check out her website and it'll all be there and go over to her Facebook. Yes. Yeah. And I, I ta- I'm not sure why I forgot it being interviewed on a podcast. <laughs> I have a podcast. <laughs> I have a podcast where I teach um, every other episode. I teach my own personal growth plan and program, which is intentional optimism. And I interview women who live it out on a daily basis. So you get inspired by all kinds of women who are unconventional in their leadership and kind of have their own stories to tell. And that's what I do when pulling out their stories like this is exactly what I do on my podcast. 
Oh, I love it. 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 I have loved every second being on here with you and hearing about your story. And I just love how you expressed that we all have our own journey. We all have our own story. And when we look back and really reflect on it, it's actually really powerful to be able to share with others and help them move through where they're going. So thank you so much for being here. Thank you. It was my pleasure. We have come to the end of another epic interview. If you would like to see more of what I am up to, head over to my Facebook page, Instagram, LinkedIn, and let's connect. Because I love gifting people who are dedicated to their transformation, when you like and tag me in an episode at the end of every week, I choose one lucky listener to have a free session with myself or one of my guests. Thank you again for tuning in. I am Alexis Jane. Remember, you are the magic. Are the magic.